Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Why were we put here? I think everyone wants to know, why were we put here? Why are we on earth? My purpose in life is to, um, to live a normal life, to, to be a, a citizen, a productive citizen. Intentar pasar por la vida de la manera más desapercibida posible. I don't fully know why I'm here, but I enjoy that. I enjoy knowing that because then that creates endless possibilities for myself. I would like to make a difference, even if it's only in one life, I'd prefer to do more. Because I think the meaning of life, in my opinion, is to find something that you're passionate about and use that passion to make the world around you a better place. Good morning, everybody. I'm John O. I'm one of the pastors here and so excited to be here. We are starting a brand new series. As you can see, it's called Explore God. And it's in conjunction with hundreds of churches up in Northern California. We got people praying over this series and we're excited to jump in. And what it is, is we're digging into seven life-changing questions. Seven life changing questions, and the series is kicking off today with the question, does, does life have a purpose? Just a light Sunday morning question for us to chew on. Does life have a purpose? Or said another way, does life, does my life actually matter? Does my life matter? Now, let me say, if you're new in this community, this is a safe place. We want to create a community here where people can come in wherever they are on their journey and wrestle and process and ask big questions and, and struggle with doubts. So you don't have to look like or you don't have to believe like the next person uh, sitting next to you here. We just want to embrace wherever you're at this morning. Wanna, I want to say that before I begin. And I, I had a conversation actually at a barbecue. You ever have one of those conversations where it's kind of like not the right setting for this conversation? You ever have one of those? Yeah, we were, I was at a barbecue birthday party. We were out in the park and, and a friend of mine was, was asking about church and another person who I didn't know, who was an older gentleman, he, uh, he heard us say the word church and immediately jumped in and, and wanted to insert his own thoughts on the church, uh, the big C church and what it's for and, and why we're here. And all religions are, are just in the same, going to the same place and thinking the same thing. And we're, we're just here to, to learn to love one another. And it, it was a little bit of an awkward conversation, um, but, it, but it ended well. And it left me, I, I was trying to think, God, what are, you, what are you doing right now? What are you saying to me through this? And, and here's what I came away with it, from that conversation, was that this gentleman who, who has lived, you know, 70 plus years has created a worldview and a, uh, a reality in his own mind that is based on speculation, like so many of the people in our culture. And we, so many people have, 
have even this question, does my life have a purpose? So many people have speculated, what is the purpose of life? We've had you know, authors and writers and philosophers write on this for centuries. Speculation. But fortunately, there is an alternative to speculation. And it's called revelation. There's an alternative to speculation. We don't have to speculate because God has revealed to us who he is in the word of God. He's revealed to us how good he is, how loving he is, what he looks like in the person of Jesus. We can see, we don't have to speculate on some of these huge questions in life. It's a gift, isn't it? That we gather around every Sunday and we gather midweek and we, in our high school group and our junior high group and we, we open up the revelation of God together and try to discern what it is telling us. And so we're gonna look at the revelation of God today in, in light of this question. And there was a famous king, King Solomon, who uh, you've heard of before. He was the third king of Israel. He was the wisest person, the Bible says, that ever lived. So, so he might have some things to, to say to us, right? I need, to, I need to learn some more wisdom and Solomon is a good place to go. And so he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. Maybe you've read Ecclesiastes, maybe you've never picked it up and it is a book of wisdom literature. But in, the, in this book, what Solomon does is he takes us on his journey of finding out what life is really about. He goes on a journey and we're gonna go on this journey with him, okay? So the first line of Ecclesiastes, first, the second verse actually, let me read it for you. It says this, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Welcome to Ocean Hills. Hope you were encouraged today. <laughs> Maybe this is why you've never read Ecclesiastes. You couldn't get past verse two. Does this have anything to tell us? The author uses this word, hevel. Everyone say hevel. Good, I'm gonna need some help today. Hevel, hevel is a, a word in the Hebrew scriptures that is used 38 times and it's the word translated here meaningless, but it doesn't really mean what we maybe in English think meaningless means. We think meaningless means no value. And this word hevel does not mean that. It doesn't mean it doesn't have value. It means that it's fleeting, that it is temporary, it's a word for vapor, for smoke. It's a, it's a word picture that Solomon is giving us here about purpose. And so I brought with me today a very high-tech piece of vapor-creating uh, machine. I don't know what you call this. Uh, a device that, that creates vapor and um, just going gonna, gonna to spray it out a little bit. You can see the word picture here, vapor. It means... You, you can't, it looks solid for a second, but you, you can't really grasp it. You can't hold on to it. And that's what Solomon is saying here. He's saying life is like a vapor. It's like smoke. And he, he knows what he's talking about. Solomon tried everything to find purpose in life. And in the first couple chapters, we see 
he, he's really, you could say, his conclusions are data-driven. This guy has done it all. And, and so we're going to look at four quick things on what, what does Solomon chase in the pursuit of purpose? Here's the first thing. He chases knowledge and wisdom in the pursuit of purpose. Knowledge and wisdom. He says this in Ecclesiastes 1.16, look, I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ever ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much wisdom and knowledge. Solomon was an intellectual. He was a nerd, you could say. He had a double major in wisdom and knowledge. That's what he went after. He chased hard after that. He became the wisest person in the world. And, and uh, our culture don't we just idolize wisdom, right? We, we think those people that know the life hacks, they know how to use knowledge to get ahead, to, to get around certain things, to, you know, there's, there's consultants now for everything that you could pay big money to have them help you do something, do anything you want to do because we value, we idolize wisdom. We chase after wisdom. We want to know how to get ahead. We want to know how our kids can get into that school that we want them to get into so they can have the wisdom and knowledge to get ahead in life. It's why our world will go into massive debt pursuing education. We believe the more knowledge, the more wisdom we have, the better our life will be. And so what does Solomon say after pursuing wisdom and knowledge? He says, I learned... This was just hevel. It was temporary. It was not lasting. I could not find my purpose in all the wisdom and knowledge. It was a chasing after the wind. He says that in Ecclesiastes 1.17. I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. And I'm going to have you help me here today as, as I say that. This too is a chasing, and you say, after the wind. You ready? This too is a chasing after the wind. You ever tried to chase the wind? What is that like? It's futile. It's fruitless. It is impossible. It's something that, that is there one second and gone the next, right? Well, Solomon knew that your head could be full and your heart can still be empty. And so he goes on further in his pursuit of purpose and he says he, he says he chases achievements in the pursuit of purpose. He, he chases achievements. Ecclesiastes 2, 4 through 6. I also tried finding meaning by building huge homes for myself and by planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. And on the top of that in achievement list, Solomon built the temple in Jerusalem, one of the ancient wonders of the world. Solomon knew achievement. He knew accomplishments. He had an amazing resume of accomplishments. And accomplishments is the air we breathe here, isn't it? There are, there are people all around us accomplishing amazing things. 
Does that ever make you feel inferior? Because I know I feel inferior when I, when I think about all the people, the books people are writing, the, the homes people are building, the businesses people are buying and selling. We live, we swim in this water of accomplishment, achievement. I have achiever in my strength finder. That's, that's one, of, one of the things the, the world has told me I, I, I like to do. I like to achieve, and I do. And it's hard for me to separate sometimes my achieving, my accomplishments with my value. I chase after accomplishments. And you'd think after 49 years, I'm, I'm turning 49 this, September, this uh, weekend, actually. I know I'm really old. Um, turning 49 and... After 49 years, you'd think I'd, I'd be able to separate my value, my purpose from my accomplishments, and I still fall into that accomplishment trap. I don't know about you. Do, you. do you have a hard time differentiating your accomplishments from your value, chasing after those things? I was so grateful for a sabbatical, for just a time to, to detach my value from what I do, from who I am, from what I do. It was so important to do that and to just focus on my most important relationships, my relationship with God, my family, and separate those two because accomplishments are fleeting. And, and Solomon says, this too is a chasing... Oh, you're, you're not quite awake yet, but this too is a chasing after the wind. Good, thank you. So the, the next thing he chases in, in pursuit of purpose is he chases pleasure. Ecclesiastes 2.1, Solomon said to himself, come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found this too was hevel, a chasing after the wind. This too was temporary. Solomon was the man. He, he, if he had a social media account, it would be fire. I mean, every, every amazing location, remote destination, restaurant, all the beautiful people hanging on his arms. He looked like he had it all. He went down that path of pleasure. And he said, it is a chasing after the wind. I love the example of Disneyland for this. Just uh, Disneyland is, is a place that's built for pleasure, you know, from the sounds, from the smell, the music, the, the people, the smiles of the cast members, the, the streets, how clean they are, and everything is just so, so built for pleasure. But there's something that happens when you spend a whole day at Disneyland, isn't there? Something that happens. And, and this guy calls it the... the uh, Law of depreciating return. Because the longer you stay in the park, the less fun you have, don't you? I mean, it's just after 25,000 steps and 5,000 calories of junk food and all the adrenaline, the fun factor, the pleasure factor goes down a little bit and kids start to melt down. You hear them crying all over the park about three, four, five o'clock, it's time to go. The parents start to melt down then after that. And the, the, the law of depreciating return is real when it comes to pleasure. And Solomon found that out the hard way. He went down the pleasure road and realized it does not satisfy. 
It is not what my life is meant to be about. And so he chases, this is the last one, he chases wealth in the pursuit of purpose. And listen to this, Ecclesiastes 2, 8 through 11. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and many beautiful concubines. I had everything a man could desire. Solomon was rich beyond our imagination. And we live in a very affluent, rich culture. Can we relate to this? When I just get, just fill in the blank, I will be satisfied. When I just get that car, when I just get that house, when I just get that vacation house, when I just have this much in my bank account or in my retirement account, that will make me satisfied. Then I can rest. Then I can stop and be content. Solomon found this too was a chasing after the wind. It was vapor, all of his wealth. There's a lesser known theologian named Jim Carrey who said this, <laughs> I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. So what is the answer? What does Solomon say? Are you curious? I was, I know, and you have to get through, you know, chapters three through nine are, are tough to get through. I'm not gonna lie, it's a, it's a tough book. There's hard stuff in there. It's a lot of wisdom. There's, there's just challenging things, but you get to the end of this book, Ecclesiastes, and here's the conclusion that the author writes. That's the whole story. Here, now is my final Conclusion, fear God and obey his commands for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. That was kind of a letdown. I was waiting for a little better punchline from Solomon, weren't you? Fear God and obey his commands. That sounds kind of like religious talk. What does that mean? And as I sat with it this week and, and just marinated in this verse, I think I got a picture of what Solomon was talking about. Fearing God. It's not about being afraid of God. It's not what it means. To fear God is to revere God, to respect God, to, to acknowledge his presence is here right now. That's what it means to fear God. He is in this place. He's beautiful, he's mysterious, he is good. And to obey his commands, it's not just to do what you're told, it's not about just following the rules, That's, that is religion. Obeying his commands is about listening to his voice. It's about listening to what he is telling you personally. It's about receiving his, his love for you, that he's a loving parent. He wants what's best for you. And what he's gonna command you to do is gonna be for your good and for your prosperous life and, and for, your, for the hope of your future. 
this is really the message of the whole Bible, that you were created, the purpose of your life is to be in relationship with the loving God. This is why Jesus came to earth to show us how to have this relationship. And the disciple John, who was with Jesus, said this, this is eternal life. This is the full life. This is the life we're all wanting and and chasing after, to know that they may know the one true God. This is eternal life. So let me ask you today, what are you chasing after? What are you chasing after that feels like this? Is it pleasure, wisdom, wealth, achievement? It could be a number of other things not listed here. Where are you experiencing that restlessness? Just think about that for a moment. I think Jesus gave us a little litmus test to know what we're chasing after in the Sermon on the Mount. He said this, he said, here's the bottom line. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you will eat or what you, drink, what you will drink. Don't worry about how you clothe your body. Living is about more than merely eating and the body is about more than dressing up. He says, look, look at what is creating worry What is creating anxiety? What is creating stress inside of you? You have to pay attention. You got to get still to know that. And then Jesus says this, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Chase after the kingdom of God. Put your life under the rule and reign of God and you will find real life. That is where eternal life is found. That is what God has revealed to us in the word. We don't have to speculate on where eternal life is found. It's found knowing God, knowing this loving, amazing God who wants to walk with you minute by minute, moment by moment, who wants you to know his heart for his world, for his creation. I'm gonna just close with a couple challenges and uh, a response this morning. You can see we have some journals up here. First, uh, maybe to those of you who haven't bought in yet to all this God stuff, you haven't bought in to the loving God, to, to what God has revealed himself to be in the Bible, you're still wrestling with what you believe. I know this can feel like a huge jump, and I just wanna encourage you for the next 50 days, the next seven weeks, will you just stay with us? Stay and engage and wrestle and process with us and And I really believe uh, the scripture in Jeremiah where it it says, if you want to find me, seek me with all your heart. If you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I believe this. And so I wanna challenge you, if you're in that place, to stay in it, to engage, and just to pray this simple prayer. God, if you are real, Make yourself real to me. 
Just pray that prayer every day. God, if you're real, make yourself real to me. I believe he will. I believe he wants to reveal himself to you. He wants you to know his heart for you, to know how deeply your love, to know what plans he has for you. So pray that prayer. And we have a, a, a class starting up this, a little small group starting up this week called Alpha, where we're gonna go deeper and, and be in a, a smaller group where we can talk about some of these big questions, these life-changing questions. So you can sign up for that on the outside if you want to go deeper with us. But I wanna just challenge you to pray that prayer. And for those of you who have bought into this God of love. Maybe you've been walking with God for a week. Maybe you've been walking with him for 40 years. I want to challenge you to pray a similar prayer with me. I want you to challenge you to pray this. God, I believe you are real. Make yourself real to me. We need these reminders of God's reality with us so we can fear God and obey what he tells us to do. And so let's pray that prayer. God, I believe you're real. Make yourself real to me and look. Look for God in those unexpected, surprising places. He will show up. He will. And I want to encourage you, if you're not yet a part of a smaller group community where you can dive in and be sharing, how is God showing up? What's he doing? How is he, how's he speaking to you this week? I wanna just encourage you to jump in. We have space for literally everyone. We do. We have a spot for everyone. You can find a group that you could do life with, that you can be encouraged to continue to turn back and, and to stop chasing those temporary things and start walking closer with God. So those are my two challenges, I, and I'm going to give you the, uh, the, the response now. Would you stand up with me? I'm going to have the band come up here. I want to invite you to just close your eyes for a moment as you think about what God has spoken and what God has revealed in this time. Where has he turned up the volume in your own heart, in your own mind? What is that thing that you are chasing after as we think about the story of Solomon and his wisdom? What are you chasing after? What is that thing that is creating restlessness in your heart worry, stress, anxiety. And this is a moment where we get to turn back. We get to, it's the word in the scriptures, repent. We get to turn back and chase the one thing that is solid, the one thing that is reality, the kingdom of God. We get to turn our eyes back to him. So will you make that decision today, just like Solomon? I'm not gonna chase that anymore today, God. I wanna chase after you. I wanna chase after the God who loves me. I wanna chase after your spirit and what you're doing in this world. Is there something you can think of that you just need to let go of here today? Get some freedom from, stop chasing. 
If you know what that is, I'm just gonna invite you to raise your hand. I wanna pray for you today. Just raise your hand up. You know what, what it is you're chasing after. Yeah, just keep your hand raised. God, we give you these areas. God, that we're chasing after something that is temporary, something that is not fulfilling. And we wanna chase after you, Father. We wanna chase after your spirit. We wanna know you in a deeper way, God. So would you help us lay these things down at your feet today? God, we drop them. We literally turn around and stop chasing after them. Do a work in our hearts today, God, as we continue to worship, as we leave this place, may we be chasing after your kingdom, your heart. God, thank you so much for the wisdom of Solomon to share these words with us. We pray this in your name, amen. We're gonna stay standing. We're gonna keep worshiping. We have these journals up here. And if you raised your hand or you thought of something you want to just stop chasing after, we want you to come up and just write, write that down. Make it, make it real, write it down. Say, I'm not gonna chase after this anymore, Lord. I am chasing after you. So let's worship together. Let's sing together and uh, finish off this morning.